to you live from Columbia, Missouri. This is the Hot Corner with your hosts, Patrick Harrion, Michael Imami, and Logan Franz. One hour of nonstop sports starts right now. And good morning, Columbia. Welcome to another edition of the Hot Corner. I'm your host, Patrick Harrion, alongside me. It's now Michael and Mommy. So drop an F in the chat. And Logan France across to me in the KCU studios today. It is Thursday, December 2nd, the year of our Lord, 2021. And it feels good to be back. We were gone last week. We're on holiday. Thanksgiving break. Played some the Injury Bowl. Uh, I played two games of football, actually. Two big ones. Two against my friends and one against my brother, which I did lose in double overtime. So, well, it was a good time off. So, Logan, I, I talked a little bit about what I did. How, how was your break? My break was great. We had some time to, um, you know, spend some time with the family. We didn't have a huge Thanksgiving. Um, my mom recently had a knee replacement, so we were kind of she. W- we had a small group of family over, but nothing, um, nothing too major. Mainly just the five of us and like one other family friend. But it was, it was nice. It was nice to go back, um, kind of hit reset for like a week and then come back to like this grind that we've been on for like the past three months. But. I think it's um it was a nice it was a nice Thanksgiving week for me. It, it was a nice week off. I was able to sleep in, which is yeah. something I had not been able to do in a long time. Very very rarely do I get to actually sleep in, whether it's Sundays, Saturdays are all thrown wild because college football. Because as you guys know, I am a degenerate, <laughs> so I watch an abnormally large amount of college football games. Same thing that I did over break, and even to the point where my dad looked at me and like, I don't know how you guys do this. So <laughs> my brother and I watched so many games. All the rivalry games on Saturday, the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, because why watch the NFL when you have the Egg Bowl? I mean, I much rather watch the Egg Bowl personally. But it was nice just to sit back, relax, you know, put the Christmas tree up, not have to worry about KOMU shifts, essays, assignments. It it, it was a great reset, and I'm very happy that it happened. However, it was a little too short, in my opinion, because, you know, last year we were actually were sent home from the university, so we spent the last few weeks of the semester and all of Christmas break at home, which was a little strange, but yeah. it was a good break. Yeah, I think a much-needed um, reset for me, it was kind of like that benchmark that you meet where you're like, all right, I just need, like, a week off, and then I'll be okay, and now we come back this week, and we've only got... You, you, you come back this week, you're like, you know what? I'm not okay. I'm no. not okay. We, I need more help, though. No, we're um, we're in the home stretch. I think we've got, um, at least mostly for us, a week and a half left-ish well, I mean, of like, I'm going to be here until the 18th, so... I mean, I'm, well, I'm going to be here, too, to yeah, 18th, but uh, most of my work is done before, like, finals week anyways, so... And, Michael, how was your break? Good. All right. <laughs> With that said, it's now one of my favorite weeks of the college football season championship weekend, plus the weird Cal-USC game that's existing with no playoff implications nor conference implications I didn't realize whatsoever. that was happening this week. I looked at that one on the schedule, and I was like, wait, why is Cal playing USC when everyone else that's not in a conference championship is off? But. There, there are a lot of good games this weekend. You got the American, uh, the American Athletic Conference Championship, Cincinnati, Houston, two really good teams. Cincinnati, top four in the CFP. Cincinnati, number two in the Patrick Herring College Football Rankings trademark. And in the ACC, you got Wake Forest and Pittsburgh, which will be probably the weirdest 
conference championship matchup I've heard in a while. Yeah, that, that one's a little strange for me. I haven't quite wrapped my head around it. Yeah, it's weird seeing um, an ACC championship without Clemson. <laughs> and over in the Big Ten, it's going to be Michigan for the first time ever in Big Ten championship history. Michigan making the uh, winning out of the East, beating their rival Ohio State, and probably was one of the best games of football I've ever seen on Saturday in the snow because that's how football is supposed to be. Can played. we just um? Can we just note also John Harbaugh wearing his glasses in the snow, his sunglasses? I thought that was hilarious. Future's so bright, he had to put his sunglasses on. <laughs> That's a Michael quote right there. That is. <laughs> Over in the Big 12, you have, of course, uh, Oklahoma State, after beating Oklahoma last week, knocked them out of the uh, Big 12 championship. And it's going to be Oklahoma State-Baylor, two teams that have not played each other in a championship in a while because Ever since the induction of the championship, there's been so many games with Oklahoma in there, and you haven't really seen Oklahoma State in there that often. I think the last time they did win the conference 2011, where they beat, I believe, Iowa State for the title, I think. I think that's how it was. I can double-check that one while you're talking. And over in the Pac-12, we have the rematch of Oregon and Utah. We all know what happened last time when Utah beat Oregon. So whether or not that's going to happen again, as much as I'd like it to happen again, up for debate. It's one of the other good games. And I'm trying to think where it's Conference USA, UTSA is in there. And I believe oh, who's out of the East. I, I honestly do not know off the top of my head who's out of the East in the Conference USA. Did you, which one did you say was the um, first one? Uh, UTSA. Is it, I feel like I saw this one earlier. Is it Western Kentucky? Uh, yes, it's West, Western Kentucky out there in the Conference USA, Conference of America, if you're watching that one. I don't know if I'll be watching that one, but, hey, if you want to watch it, go ahead. Over in the Mountain West, you have Utah State and San Diego State. San Diego State had a great season this year, struggled a little bit against Boise State in their final game of the season. Utah State took over in the uh, Mountain Division over Air Force because uh, Boise State would have had to beat San Diego State then Air Force would have, there was some weird kind of tiebreaker going on that I don't exactly know off the top of my head that would have put Air Force in there, but they're not in there for the uh, playoffs. And over in the Sun Belt, Louisiana Lafayette, the raging Cajuns, one of my favorite college football teams, going against, I believe, Appalachian State. Um, I have that result for the last time Oklahoma State was in the Big 12 championship. It was 2011. Um, right below them was um, Kansas State, and that followed by Baylor and Oklahoma. Iowa State was uh, Iowa State was like way down towards the bottom. Was of the Iowa year. State the last game they played then that year? Um, well, I didn't find that one. I, it showed me the um, bowl result, which was against Stanford. But okay. So Logan, what is the best game of the week? I know you're going to say USC Cal, but we're not talking <laughs> about that today. What's the best game you have on your list of things to watch this Saturday slash Friday? I mean, I feel like the game that I have circled is not the game most people would have circled, but it's Cincinnati-Houston just simply because it's kind of a... It, it should be, hypothetically, a win-and-year-end game for Cincinnati. We'll see if that actually ends up happening. But I think the logical answer to this question is Alabama versus Georgia. That was, like, that was the one I've... Was going to say the SEC, as soon as I asked you the question, you mentioned uh, the Houston game. So I was going to 
cut in and say, oh, by the way, in case you missed it, you know, Georgia and Alabama are playing. Yeah, and they're both, yeah, that was the logical <laughs> answer. They're both at the same time, too, which I was looking at that, and I'm like, I'm going to have to find a way to balance both of these games because I think both are ones that you kind of have to watch. You can't really miss either of them. It's, look, if, if you're part of the sickos committee, like I am myself, you would be saying the game of the week is USC Cal, but... It's not. <laughs> or you'd be saying the game of the week is UTSA Western Kentucky. That's honestly. UTSA struggled last week against North Texas. You know, the mean green who we played for home. Excuse me. Missouri played for. I, it was not home. Was it homecoming? It was homecoming. It was homecoming week. Yeah. That was the homecoming game against North Texas. That was fun. It was fun. You know, if, I, if I'm honestly looking and, you know, as for the SEC, we're going to get into that a little bit. Alabama, Georgia, there's a lot of implications for the committee's playoff because as they have it right now, it's uh, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, and Cincinnati. So the predicament here is what happens if Alabama beats Georgia because that makes all kinds of things strange. And also you got to keep your eyes on the Oklahoma State game because if Oklahoma State beats Baylor and Alabama loses, you could see Oklahoma State get in. Now, I'd like that to happen because for all of us sickos out there, that would be the all-defensive playoff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You, have, you have the four best defenses in there. Georgia, which has had probably one of the greatest defenses of all time this season. I can go out there and say that, depending on how they play against Bama. The way they have played all season, I mean, there was a time when they had an, a lot of touchdown on, like, Three or four games. They shut out. Um, they shut out a, a team twice this like, year. I, when I was they, the last? Did they time? shut out Arkansas? I believe they did. Oh, I'd have to, you have to double check. That I know. I know Vanderbilt was one. I don't remember who oh, the other one was. But it's, well, it's, yeah. It's, but it's still it's, it's Vanderbilt. It's, it's doormat of the SEC. It's still a shutout. But regardless, I think um, that other team, if I can pull it up here, was Arkansas. They shut out. Well, like, um, they it, shut out Georgia Tech, which is Georgia Tech, and they did shut out Arkansas as well. Clean so old-fashioned old fashioned hate. <laughs> they shut out three teams this year, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and Georgia Tech. And like when you're looking at this, this, this whole weekend, Michigan, for the first time ever in Big Ten Championship, in the Big Ten Championship era, before that there was none, they are now taking on Iowa. It would be the most Michigan thing ever to lose to Iowa. Really in the championship. Would. Now, I'd make my cousins very happy because they both went to Iowa. Actually, three of them went to Iowa at one time. So they'd be celebrating. But for me, as someone who you know likes Harbaugh a lot, now, granted, I give him a lot of crap for his handling of Ohio State, how he had not beaten him all these years, and just you know the incompetence of the university for kind of keeping him around. I, I don't want to see him lose against Iowa because Iowa is just such a... Uh, team like you watch them yeah. they're kind of boring you know they they have well, what comes to mind when I think Iowa football this season is 17 to 12 Northwestern that game against Northwestern 17 to 12 yeah it kind of feels your, like is that your big 10 champion come on yeah it kind of feels like the same thing with um like Wisconsin and Penn State is the one that I think of where I, I don't remember the final score of that game but it was, it was like just ugly yeah it was like no one scored in the entire first half and at all I, I, look Michigan has Hassan Haskins, he is so good. He's really good. He, it was basically man versus team. Actually, he's from Missouri, and the and I believe I saw this on Twitter. Uh, I can't. I, was it was it Dave Matter? I think that tweeted it. He might have tweeted it, and it was about it was mentioning saying that we. I keep saying we. 
cardinal rule of radio broadcast. Do not say we. Missouri went did not offer a scholarship to him because I believe he said he was, that the school said he was too slow. And then he goes to Michigan and scores five touchdowns against one of the best teams in the league, in in Colorado college football. So I don't know what was going on in that recruiting cycle. Why Missouri did not go after him? I don't understand that. That's going to keep me up at night because honestly, then again, we do have Missouri does have Tyler Beatty, so that's been pretty. I mean, it's not awful, but hey, I would have liked Dan Haskins as well. It would have been a good dual uh, dual weapon offense there, but really. There's so many different variations as to what can happen in the next few days because in the conferences, if Cincinnati, it's, it's, I mean, you can say it's as simple as you win, you're in. I mean, Georgia is in a situation where if they lose, depending on, in my opinion, depending on how much they lose by, they're still in. Yeah, Georgia to me is the only team that's really safe, I feel like. I mean, Anyone else could easily. However, be out. if Georgia gets shut out forty-two to nothing, well, they yeah, should that's be a different. That's a different discussion. <laughs> but there's always there's always scenarios in this case, mm-hmm. and you know, looking at that one, Georgia Alabama, that's going to be fun. I mean, if you really watch. I've seen a lot of Alabama football this year reluctantly because they're constantly on you know national television. They're always that two thirty. They're always that two thirty CBS game, or they're the uh, ESPN eleven a.m. game. So like, I'm kind of stuck watching it. And you look at how they've played this season. This is not the Alabama team we're all used to seeing. I mean, you really look at it. Four was it four overtimes against Auburn? Four overtimes against a mediocre Auburn team with mm-hmm. a quarterback who could hardly walk. With a quarterback who's also their second quarterback. I mean, he was kind of he was starting this week because he took the job over, but he wasn't their first choice. Oh, uh, Nix was actually hurt. Nix was hurt. Yes, I believe oh, he was. He was out of uniform. Was... I at thought. The game. I thought he was there in uniform. He, he just was got... not in uniform. Hmm. So Don't he you had a limping quarterback in. That took four overtimes to beat. You see their game against Arkansas. Their loss to AM, who's kind of become very mediocre this year after their loss to LSU against a coach who doesn't even want to be there anymore. I mean, when you really look at this, I I, I want to use the quote, is this your king over to the CFP? <laughs> but like is that this is not an Alabama team we're used to, which is exactly where they're gonna win the SEC championship, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of trying to balance that like name value, which is something the committee's always had a problem with. We've talked about it in past years where they kind of cling to these names of like Alabama and I mean I, I was gonna say Georgia, but Georgia's actually deserving of it this year. And then like Notre Dame's another one last year who they kinda got caught up in the name and didn't put Cincinnati in and put Notre Dame in instead. So like it's kind of that issue you mentioned um LSU and Auburn and the Florida game is another one too that they played really close against Florida who's has proved time and time again this season they're just not very good so i think it's something you have to be able to balance if i was making a top 4 this week for the college football playoffs Alabama wouldn't be in it and i think you're in that same boat yeah i i've i i can preview cuz i'm going to be writing my rankings tonight they'll come out tomorrow so i think sometime tomorrow i believe there's some conference championship games that are taking place tomorrow night. I think it might be Conference USA. I think they're one of them. And I think the Sun Belt might be one. I don't don't quote me on it. Don't quote me on it. It might be the Sun Belt or Mountain West. Those are one of the two. I know the only ones I know that are on Saturday is the American, the SEC, and the Big Ten. I believe the Big Twelve is on there as well, and Pac Twelve. So there's there's uh, there's some championship game on Friday. Conference USA and the Pac Twelve are on tomorrow. Well, so I didn't huh. know they put the Pac-12 on Friday. Just, but. just, just think. After the championship, there's still going to be a Pac-12 game. There still will be. 
And but I'll if, be watching it. God, I don't even know if I'd be watching that one. I, I don't know if I can. I, I don't know if I will, but behind the scenes, um, I had a um a tweet a couple me and Patrick were kind of talking um off air and I had a tweet last week that um we had talked about a little bit, but it was I am an addict and the Pac twelve is my drug. And it's it was like me watching Pac- like Pac-12, Arizona State Pac-12 Oregon State. After dark is a spiritual journey. It really is. You find yourself by halftime and then you realize it's only one in the morning. And you're still not done with the game. Yeah, that happened to me last week. I was looking at the clock, and I was like, I was like, it's midnight, and it's we're still in the third quarter. And I turned both the games off and like went to bed or something. I was like, okay, I'm not doing this this time. But but if I were to do a top four right now, I have Georgia one, twelve and zero. You gotta put them one. And some might see this as a little strange how the ordering goes. I have number two Cincinnati. I've had that number two all season, pretty much all season, twelve and zero. As much as I love that Michigan win, it's an undefeated team. Yeah. And I feel like if I've been standing by that undefeated team, uh, you know, hyping them up all year, I got to stick, stick with it and write it all the way to the end. So Cincinnati will be a two, three Michigan, and four Oklahoma State. Now, yeah. you can take a look at this two ways. If you follow my rankings at all, you realize you don't know the last few weeks there's been the curse of the number three spot team. Ohio State. Law. No, Ohio State, where did they? No, Miss Michigan. Michigan was three last. There was some team last week that lost at my number three. I can't remember it. I don't know if it was Ohio State. It might have been Ohio State. And it might have been Michigan. I can't. I have to look back at that. But the week before that, it was Oklahoma. And then it was, or a few weeks ago, it was Oklahoma. And then there was oh, Michigan State. Was Michigan one. State was one. There's there's been a curse, and I was like in my head, I'm like, do I want to acknowledge the curse even more than I already have? Because it's been a running joke. On, on the uh, on the story and the rankings themselves, and realized that I'm like, do I want to risk putting a team I'd like or like to win at three? Now, granted, I'm in a, either way it goes. I like Michigan. I like to see them make the comp, uh, the playoffs because they have not done it yet. It's mm-hmm. a new team. I'd like to see Cincinnati in there because it'd be the first Group of Five team ever, and probably the last chance for a Group of Five team to get in there, yeah. unless it's a team from the Sun Belt. Because given the conference realignments, since he's going to join the Big Twelve, UCF's going to join the Big Twelve. Those are two big powerhouse Power Five conference uh, teams. The only ones that have, would have somewhat of a chance, maybe San Diego State, if they went undefeated. Boise State, if they went undefeated. Even, I mean, they won't even give the respect to Louisiana Lafayette, the yeah. Cajuns, putting them higher than the top. Uh, between the 20 and 25 spots. So this is the last chance. It's the last shot for yeah. a group of five to get Most in there. likely unless one of them like really impresses within the um Unless they the expand years. the playoffs, then there's... Yeah, then there's always that chance. But I my top four is pretty much the same besides the swap of Michigan-Cincinnati that you mentioned where some people might find the ordering strange. And I understand your rationale for putting Cincinnati at two. I just think... The, you know, the win against Ohio State is what really propels Michigan up for me. It would, but... It's it's, I've had them as a number two. It's not like it's an Alabama too, where it's like they've been playing horribly, and it's like oh, but they're Alabama, and yeah, they should they've be been too. playing good football and still winning their games. So it, it'll be fun to watch. We're gonna quickly go around, oh, go across the table here. <laughs> I can't because Michael, well, Michael, we we if if he's drop, listening, drop an F in the chat. If you're Michael. listening, Michael, we miss you. We like having you here in the studio with us. Well, we're gonna go through all of the championship games. So. Uh, Conference USA, UTSA, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, I believe, is 9-3 this year. The decent showing in the good old Conference USA. I got UTSA win this one. I've got UTSA. Even after they played horribly against North Texas, meaning by the transitive property, North Texas is now the best team in Texas. 
<laughs> Let that sit on you for a few seconds there. <laughs> because they beat the best team in Texas, which was UTSA. Over in the Pac-12, we didn't talk much about this game, but given the status of how, I mean, uh, the outcome of the last time these two teams played, I've got Utah in here again. I, I can't go against Utah. Mm-hmm. The way they played against Oregon last time makes them seem like the prime candidate to um, to win the one. I've got them too. It's not going to be as big of a blowout, I don't think, but I think Utah will still come away with it. And it's in a neutral site. I believe it's in Vegas this year, so be, be, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be a fun Friday night game. Mm-hmm. Over in the Saturday slot, uh, Houston-Cincinnati. I'm going Cincy. It's going to be a very close game. I would expect it to be within a field goal or touchdown. So... That's that's the game of the week, other than Georgia-Alabama. Yeah, I'd imagine it's a possession or two game, and I'm going with the good old Bearcats. Over in the SEC, uh, Georgia-Alabama. I'm going to go Georgia, but I can really see Alabama win this game, and that's going to screw up a lot of things in the playoff race. Yeah, the way Alabama's played, I mean, obviously it's college football, anything can happen, but the way they've played the past few weeks and towards like down the stretch, I just don't see them beating Georgia at all. I think it's Georgia winning this one. Yeah, it's going to be a great game regardless. In Sun Belt, Louisiana, Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns against Appalachian State. Two of my favorite teams in the yeah, Group of Five. I love Louisiana. I love the Sun Belt. Sun Belt's probably going to take over the American slot for that Power Six conference next year. You know, they're adding James Madison. They're adding, I mean, as much as you want to say Old Dominion, they are a bowl eligible team. Congrats <laughs> to Old Dominion. I haven't done that in a while. They're they're also gaining Southern Miss, which has been a historically decent enough uh, school. So that conference with Appalachian State, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, FCS powerhouse, mind <laughs> you, they're going to be a really fun conference to watch. You know, grow over the next few seasons. So in this one, as much as I like App State, they did beat Coastal Carolina, which was the crown jewel of the Sun Belt last year. I'm going to go Louisiana. Yeah, it's, it's, was, it'll be, one, it'll be, their, it'll be their head coaches one of their last games. I believe he's still coaching the remainder of the season. So they're going to want. Where is he moving up to? Uh, he'll be moving to Florida. Okay, that's why I was like, I knew he's taking like a step up somewhere. I just couldn't remember where. But, but I, I got the Cajuns. I've I've also got the Cajuns. And in the Big Ten, which is second game, big game of the night, other than Alabama, Georgia, seven o'clock slot, Iowa, Michigan. I'm going to go the upset here. I'm going to go Iowa because I just feel like it's going to happen. I feel like it'd be the most Michigan thing ever to get to the championship, be in that spot to make the playoffs, and lose. Yeah, I definitely, well, I definitely see that. I just don't think Iowa would be the team to do it. I think there would be, I I just don't think they're good enough. I think Michigan's good enough to to take the win. I mean, they got the monkey off their back, so to speak, with beating Ohio State. And I just think that they're going to take that energy and bring it into the championship. And I think they're going to take it. All right, really fast here, we had our, our last two ones. We have Mountain West, San Diego State, Utah State. If you're picking Utah State, I don't know. I don't know, man. San Diego State's just been great this year. They struggled a little bit last weekend, but if you've watched a lot of the Aztecs, I've watched a lot of the Mountain West this year. A lot of fun to watch. One of my favorite games of the year actually was Air Force, San Diego State. Watched that a few uh, back in October. I've got San Diego State in this one. I would have loved to see the rematch of the triple option against the Air Raid, but hey, you got to take what you got. And Utah State, good team this year, but... San Diego State takes the cake yeah, here. Yeah, give me San Diego State in this one. And finally, the Big 12 Conference Championship. Oklahoma State, Baylor. Baylor barely lost Oklahoma State this season already. It would have been fun to see Bedlam 2.0, but after seeing how Bedlam went last week with Oklahoma State's first win over Oklahoma since 2014, it was nice to see a conference championship that has a team we have not seen 
both of these teams we haven't seen here for a long time. So I, I like Oklahoma State in this one, given how they played against Baylor. Now, granted, it's if they were playing in, um, oh, why? Am I, of course, if they're playing in Stillwater, it would have been a much different game. But they are playing in, I believe, Jerry World down in Dallas. So it's a hard pick here. I've got Oklahoma State. Yeah, this one's tough, and. Having Oklahoma State at four, I'd like to see them stay there because it would give us a playoff that we haven't seen in a long time with only Georgia being the real like regular there. So Please, I'm... we want the defensive playoff. <laughs> so I'm going to pick what I want in this one, and I'm going to take Oklahoma State. All right, that's all we've got here for now. We're going to take a short break. We come back the big three games of the week. All this We're Not Corner on KCU 8.0 FM and KCU.FM. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. What does your smile say about you? Are you happy? Confident? Friendly? Getting and keeping that smile takes work. Proper brushing and flossing daily and drinking fluoridated water. Fluoridated water has been in use for 75 years and is considered the most safe, equitable, and cost-effective way to prevent tooth decay. A healthy smile means a healthy person and a healthy community. For more information, visit health.mo.gov. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. All across the nation, we are here for our communities. We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together. It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association and this station. One of my favorite Christmas songs, Nutty Jingle Bells by Al Hurt, and the sound of Christmas back in the 60s. Good record I play every year. But what we're talking here is not Christmas music rankings, as much as I want to talk about that, because I can rank things all day. Yeah, we'll keep this music here in the background for just a little bit. We're talking NFL. Big three games of the week. We had a little bit week hiatus last week. I would have, you know, what's funny is I'm talking with my family. They They give me a lot of, you know, in, I'll put insight around there with quotation marks <laughs> about my my picks. So they're like, what would be your upset pick this week? So I said, oh, I picked the Raiders over the Cowboys last week for, for Thanksgiving. And they looked at me and like, no, you're nuts. And then it happened. And of course, <laughs> it's the one week where I can't get any points. So Logan, give us the rundown of how all of us are doing. Michael, absent today. R.I.P. Yeah, but- we, will, we will be sure to get his picks because we need to keep everything um, uniform out here. I'm going to fade this music out. I wanted to hear a little bit more nutty jingle bells there. But um so two weeks ago I actually um hit my third upset of the season with picking um um the Colts over the Bills, which I thought was one there was not much of a chance that they pulled it off. I did think there was because I never pick an upset I don't believe in, but they still managed to pull it off and that we picked um all big three games the same, so everything stays mostly the same. Um me still in first place with twenty three points and Patrick and Michael still tied with 17 each. So, yeah, we, we've 
it, it's 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 been a, it's been a grind. Been a grind this year. I I've been historically bad the last few seasons with my picks. Maybe because my my love for the NFL has kind of faded away with the ever growing love that is college football and addiction that is college football. Yeah, and I love I love college football, but I'm still still an NFL fan at heart. I'm so. I can't I can't I can't exactly say that I am, but hey. Here we are. First game of the week, we got the Chargers and the Bengals. Bengals been kind of weird this year. I, I like them a lot this season. We don't last week they destroyed the Steelers, which will burn. <laughs> don't if you if you have no, if you have no idea what I'm referencing. That's in reference to a TikTok that this guy did about the Steelers. <laughs> I can't even do it the way he did it. But he it, it's it. This game's a battle of young quarterbacks. You have Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, two really good shining stars in the NFL this season. You know, it's looking back at how the Chargers started. You would have thought Herbert would have been in, in contention for the MVP. Now the Chargers season's gone a little bit astray. Been a little weird this season the last few weeks. Which I feel like you would say about like half the NFL. Which, but yeah, that's I mean, we're, the point. we're getting that point where it's you're going to start seeing teams separate themselves. You're going to start seeing some weird divisional, divisional rival matchups that might result in some upset wins here or upset losses. It's been a lot. It's been a little weird looking at this one. I love the Bengals this year. They're not the Bungles that we all know and love. The bad team that refuses to make the playoffs every year, and I kept the coach for 18 years for whatever reason. I still don't know why. Good old Marvin Lewis. I, I will never understand that pick. <laughs> I it's, never it's, will it doesn't. It's no longer the Ed Hunting Bengals either. So. It's there been a lot there's been a lot of love for this team this year, especially for me. I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, watched a lot of him at LSU. So Logan, what what are you thinking on this one? Yeah, I was gonna talk a little bit about the Bengals. We can get into the Chargers in a minute, but the AFC North just confuses me. The entire division. Like the Ravens lost to the Dolphins. The Bengals had their own peaks and valleys to deal with. The Steelers are just kind of average. And the Browns are good, I think. No. They're not. They're fine. I mean, it's not like they're great, but they're good-ish. I don't know. They're really weird. The whole division's really weird, but I, there's no reason that the Bengals can't be the best team in that division. For my money, they are. And the reason I say that is since they're by, which was only three weeks ago, so it's only two-game sample size, so take it for what you will. But in those two games, they've outscored their two opponents, who were the Raiders and the Steelers, 73-23. to yeah, I would say they're better. Given how the Ravens have played this year, Especially the, how they played, I believe it was Monday night. Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah. Was, Against my, the Miami game? That was not a Thursday night game. That was a Thursday night game. No. It was. No. I am 100% confident because I watched the whole thing and I work Mondays. So. They, they can't. They, no. They can't be. It was a Sunday night game. That's what I'm talking about. Which game? Uh, Ravens-Browns. Oh, okay. We were talking about different games. I'm throwing out there, having seen highlights of that one and just how horribly oh, yeah. that Lamar crazy. Jackson played and how, how that team can be, especially, you know, back-to-back. Say what you want. They had a backup quarterback in there, but to, you know, to keep the Bears close, mm-hmm. that's that's bad. Yeah, I mean, like a, a, that's what I was going to throw out. Without Tyler Huntley, without Hollywood Brown as well, he wasn't playing in that game either. So I'm that's tired two of hearing top... Hollywood Brown. I'm tired of Hollywood He's their Brown. best offensive weapon. Well, where was it when I started him? Well, I'm sorry, but tell me he isn't. He's their best offensive weapon. But regardless, he... Yeah, the four-interception game last week was messy, and the 22-17 to loss to the Dolphins was also very messy, which is the one I was talking about. It was disgusting. So, and so when you're really looking at it, 
I like the Bengals more. Now, granted, there's more. The safe pick is to do the Ravens because, in all honesty, you're going to run Lamar Jackson the entire game, and you're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. They're not playing the Ravens this week. Well, I'm saying, like, if you're thinking the safe yeah, to pick win the, the division. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's it's going to be interesting to see. I still think the Bengals, for my money, for my money, are the best team in the division. But I do just want to bring up the. Um, you can bring this up for any team where they've had an ugly loss. The um, Mike White Jets that they lost to. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, so like, there's always I, I those would classify kind of that arguments. Under inexcusable losses. Yeah, it's every team has at least one of them. Some have in more. The season. Some yeah, have you more. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking looking but, at this one, the Bengals are a three point favorite. So, I actually do not have Michael's picks. If you have them, you can feel free to let them out. I do not, but we'll add them to the spreadsheet. So They'll we be added in this. later. We'll discuss them later on in the upcoming weeks. Mm-hmm. Before we do our picks, can I just say one thing about yeah, the Chargers? Yeah, we didn't really give them much um, airtime, but they need to find ways to score on offense that aren't Austin Eckler. They're kind of leaning on him way too heavily in the red zone, I've noticed, and they have the talent to do it. That's the thing. Like They have Keenan Allen. They have Mike Williams. They have other running backs, some... Missouri's finest Larry Roundtree is on that team go. as well. And Justin Herbert is obviously a real good quarterback. So they have the talent to do that. Jared Cook has caught a few touchdowns this year. They have the talent to score with other people in the red zone. Just let the quarterback do his thing, spread the ball around. It was working for them early, and it was working for them really well. They've just got to find a, a way back to that. But also I have here as the last thing in my notes, their run defense is really bad, and any team with good running backs are going to um, rip their defense to shreds, and then I just have at the bottom. Enter Joe Mixon. He's the star. One of the stars in one of my fantasy teams. So oh, yeah, he's, he's been, been great this been season. Great this he's been fun to watch. Really, this is going to be probably a very high-scoring game, if I'm going to give the honest prediction. I don't do score predictions here, as everyone knows. Michael would do it. I believe you do it occasionally. I do it when I'm feeling... Um, Ambitious. Yeah, when I'm feeling bold. I'm not feeling bold this week, though. But. So Bengals are a three-point fave. I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one, and which is exactly why they're going to lose. So... Logan, what's your pick? I didn't expect you to drop a um a fave on there, the shortened form of favorite. I just that didn't that wasn't something I expected to come from you. But anyways, I have the Bengals on this one as well. Talk, 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 talk. You're you're on chalk too. Talk, talk, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I have a reason to. I, game, I do. The sec, second game we're talking here is the Chiefs and the Broncos, a divisional matchup here. Well, the betting line does not exactly agree with the decision to be a big three game in a week. It's going to be an interesting one. There's going to be some snow involved as well. Potentially. Potentially some snow in this one. So if you're into watching snow football on HDTV, you're going to have a lot of fun. (laughs) But really looking at this team, you got the Broncos, which just confused me. Kind of like like the case of the Chargers. They kind of confused me a little bit. Because you look at that defense, you're like, you know, Fangio's got something. And you look at the offense, and there's Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. And you're like, well, maybe they don't have something. Yeah, but then they beat the Chargers like 24-14. I think it was the final score of that game. And you're like, that happened. <laughs> it's. I I I really don't. I I'm in my notes. I have Broncos are good? Question mark. Yeah, exactly. The thing I said about the Browns. I, I have no reason. I, I. They've had some good wins. But then there's also been weeks they've just been horrendous. Yeah, like the Eagles. They were really bad in that game. I'm not sold on them, and I have that they can prove themselves here. This is the game I'm watching, and if they win, I will admit that I was wrong about the Broncos all this time. I kept saying, we, we talked about the Broncos a few times in our, um, you know, off-air in a group chat, and I've always been kind of the main detractor there. There have been others, but I've been kind of the main one. And I've said, I said in there that if they beat the Chiefs, I will... Um, 
I will admit that I was wrong about them. And I think the thing we have to look at here is the Chiefs' defense has been a lot better in the past few weeks. I have some numbers here. They've had at least one interception in each of their last six games, at least one fumble recovery in each of their last three, at least one sack in their last five, multiple in three of those five. And they've averaged 14.5 points allowed per game in their last six compared to their first five, where they allowed 31.4 points per game. So clearly something's in the water. Clearly, yeah, clearly there's there's been a shift in this defense over the past few weeks, and I think it's, you know, they're well-rested coming off a bye, and I think that they their offense has been not clicking as well as it has been in recent years, but it's been clicking enough to, you know, score a lot of points and win some games. So I'm I'm interested to see what happens here. Obviously, you look at that Raiders game with that offense, and that was the one where they really clicked. So I think... I think they've they've got it this week. It, it, I think it's, it's it's like it's like the Chiefs. You can't have both. Do you want a good defense and your offense doesn't click, or do you want your offense to click and your defense to allow thirty two points per game? Yeah, I think they're as close as they will be to both sides of the ball clicking at this point. So that's where that's where I think they're at right now. I mean, looking at this team, you can't count out Mahomes. It's it's kind of like. There's, there's like three quarterbacks you really can't count out in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and that right now it's Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and every third. time on the show when I pick against him, they win. And whenever I pick For him, them, they yeah, win, when they I'm lose. like, hey, you can't count out Patrick Mahomes, he gives me a reason to count them out. So I don't know. I have a complicated – I've said it multiple times, but I have a complicated relationship with picking the Chiefs on the show, just picking it's, those games. I mean, in this one – you that Broncos defense needs to be spot on because you look at that offense to the Broncos. It's very, it's, it's very just yeah. It, yeah. It, nothing excites me because you have Teddy Bridgewater there, who's just the definition of average. Uh, he is the Webster's Dictionary definition of average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the Broncos win this game, it will be like the Cowboys Chiefs game, where it was a score of like nineteen to ten or something weird like that. It'll be some weird barn burner that we're talking about, like. What what happened there? Like that's that'll be kind of the reaction to it if the Broncos win this one. It's like the college analogy of the Iowa seventeen, Northwestern twelve, where it's like, huh? Yeah, basically, where you just kind of left scratching. Why your did head. this happen? Why, yeah. did we, why did we watch this game? <laughs> and it's prime time too. So if that's the result we get, have fun. <laughs> oh, excuse me. However, even though the Chiefs have played in the snow a lot, is it is it at the Broncos or is it at the Chiefs? I want to be sure. Um, it is at Kansas City, I believe, but I can double check that real quick. Because if it was in Denver with snow, then you can start looking at this and saying, can the Broncos do pull the upset due to weather? It is at Arrowhead. It's at Arrowhead, okay. Now, granted, the Chiefs have played in the snow. You saw it in the AFC Championship a few years ago when they did lose to the Patriots, but great game. Yeah, it's not It's not like you're you're bringing the dolphins up to mile high and you're like, all right, go play, and it's like snowing, and you're like, well, we don't like this. We're yeah, not used it was to an this. overtime game don't too. Take so us it, was, out of the water. it was literally won by a coin flip because it was an overtime game. That yeah, AFC was, championship. I remember watching. I was watching it on my uh, grandmother's couch and my grandparents' house, so I was watching that. So looking at this, Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points, which is really weird to me. Last time I did the betting lines. If you're picking the Broncos here, I mean, what are you doing? It's going to be the Chiefs. You're going to pick the Chiefs. It's going to be talk, talk, talk again. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I can't I can't go with the Broncos here. I just can't. I mean, I know people who are, and I think you definitely can. I just don't think... Like I said, I'm just not sold on them. If, this, if they win this game, 
uh, color me wrong, and you know I'm I'm convinced that they're actually a decent team and a playoff contending team. But until that happens, I'm picking the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, same with that. Last game of the week, the Patriots against the Bills, as I have it here, a tale of two teams. Patriots on the rise, the Bills, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills have kind of been there. They're not the same Bills we all know and love. They've kind of been eh the last few weeks. Yeah, I have some issues with the Bills. I don't know if you want me to go into them right now, but I have a few issues. Go on. It's just their reliance on Josh Allen. I get Josh Allen is a really good quarterback. He is. But run the ball. Do it. It's it's okay, Sean McDermott or Brian Dable, both of you. You can run the ball. It's definitely okay. You have Zach Moss and Devin Singletary back there. Both of them are pretty good backs. Even Josh Allen can run it. Have him on some design Zach, runs. Zach Moss of Utah fame. Yeah, Zach Moss of Utah fame, and um, I don't know where Devin Singletary went to college. I think it was like some. I want to say like LSU. Yeah, it was so. I think it was some weird like Florida college, like FIU. But I have no if idea. If he's coming out of FIU, man, if if you went to go play at FIU, given the status of that team, you're yeah. a saint. I, I mean, don't know how you was, can do it. I don't was, know how you can do it. He was he was pretty good there. But anyways, I just I. They they don't run the ball. They're so reliant on the pass, and then they're relying on Josh Allen running the ball too. Like he feels like kind of their. Their whole offense, he's just kind of carrying them on his back. And, and he like, did go to Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. University. Okay, I knew it was one of those Florida schools. I can I can remember if it was um, international or Atlantic. But I like just yeah. That's kind of my whole thing about the Bills is just run the ball. It's okay to do it. But regardless, their offense is working pretty well with the system they have. I just like to see Josh Allen not throw it fifty times a game. I feel like he's going to um not be like good enough in the playoffs if you just have him air it out 50 times a game. So, like, give him some rest. Use your running backs. You have Stephon Diggs. for a reason. Yeah. Not you running the use, air raid. You can use shorter passes to Stephon Diggs on a screen. That would work every now and then. Like, just give him a rest. Like, don't... Yeah, that's my whole my whole thing. Just give him... Give him a chance to take the, deep, the, the entire offense off of his back. Just, like run the ball, do some short passes, do some things that normal offenses do to keep their quarterbacks like from not having to carry the entire team. Yeah, and it's, you know, you can always run the ball with Allen, as you said, and you can run. Maybe if you want to do some some oh, uh, some RPOs in there, and that'll really confuse some teams because like, yeah. you don't know if he's going to... Because he can run. He's got mm-hmm. the legs. You saw it over at the ranch in Wyoming. He can run out there. You can run in the NFL. We've seen it all the time, and it's just like... Why Why have you stopped? And you see that with a lot of teams, like you said with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Why have you stopped doing the thing that was working and trying to do something else when it's clearly not as good as it once was? Yeah, and Josh Allen running the ball was one of the things that propelled them to a win over the Chiefs. That was one of the, their main sources of offense that game. So, like, they can do it, and they've shown that they know that they can and that they do it well, and then they just kind of stray away from it. Even Even in a game where they were absolutely annihilating the Saints like 31 to 7 I think was the final score of that game. They still only ran the ball like 12 times. It's so I just I just don't get it. It's a little bit confusing. So, looking over at the other team in this one, the Patriots, as you said, as I've said a tale of two teams. Patriots in my opinion are one of the best teams in the AFC. Now, that's granted you can say well that's kind of obvious. But when you, excuse me, when you really look at it, you know, Mac Jones has been great. He's, you know, you They've been a really fun team to watch this year. And you look at Mac Jones, and people are still like, well, he's the most pro-ready quarterback. And honestly, looking at all the quarterbacks that came out of this draft, 
they were right. That was yeah. That was one of the points I was going to make was that Lawrence has struggled, Wilson has struggled, Lance hasn't played, and Fields has struggled. Like Mac Jones is the only one that's been pretty consistent this year, and I think they they need more weapons on that offense. I'm still going to get on them for that because. I mean, Hunter Henry is a legit red zone threat, and Kendrick Bourne has been pretty good, but they need more receivers on that team. That's the one thing where they kind of fall off. The run game with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson has been really good this year, but they need they need some more wide receivers. That will be their biggest need going into this offseason, but if it's working right now, it's working right now. So I think that's, um, you know, to their credit. Obviously, Bill Belichick is a great coach, and he's been coaching them up the right way. And his son's pretty good as well. Don't forget about him. Mm-hmm. The Belichick sure. dynasty that's there. It's a little strange, but yeah, you know, like father, like son, I guess. I mean, I you might be able to draw that parallel. And I don't think he's quite nearly as good as um, his dad is, but regardless. Yeah, and I mean, two of the best defenses in the NFL on this one, too. The Bills have been really good, and the Patriots have been really good on defense. So get ready for a um, a fun, what is the Sunday night game? I do not know off the top of my head if it's a Sunday night game. I think it's one of the primetime games. We should probably, I believe it's at 3 o'clock. I don't think it's Sunday night. Um, it's Monday night, actually. Oh. Yeah, Chiefs-Broncos um, Chiefs Broncos is Sunday night, and Patriots-Bills is Monday night. All right, Bills are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I'm going to go with Patriots. That's... I, I thought you might go with the Patriots. I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. I finally, think... finally. No, talk, talk, yeah, talk. Yeah, we're not, we're not picking completely the same either. I, I give the Bills the edge on offense, which gives them the edge in this game, personally. Even after my whole thing about them you know, needing to run the ball, like I said, it's been working for them, regardless of whether or not they're doing it. So I think they'll they'll find a way to pull this one out, even if they do end up passing the, passing the ball like 50 times in this one. And now, the most fun part of this of this segment. As you know, we always pick an upset pick of the week. I am notorious for picking bad ones and being wrong. Last week, as I said, I picked one that actually came true, and I my track record has not exactly been great this season. But I've had some very memorable picks, and I'm going not with a crazy one this week because, you know, you look at some of these teams. Do I want to go with the Jaguars? Do I want to go with... You don't want the Jaguars over the Rams? No. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Because I always, with all the upsets I pick, I think they actually are going to occur. So no matter, even if they're a little crazy, I think like, you know, I think this can happen. The one I have this week, Saints over Cowboys, four and a half points spread in that one. You really look at the Saints this year. They've been fine. They've got some good running backs. Trevor Simeon is, you know, mediocre slash average best. So like, while the passing is not great, running has been fine. They're playing against the Cowboys, who just are coming off of a loss to the Raiders. Will they continue that streak again? Probably. I don't know if they will, but I like the Saints in this one. That's can I give you? Yeah, go ahead. Can I give you a weird Trevor Simeon stat here? Go ahead. He is the highest graded quarterback in the NFL, or he's the lowest graded quarterback in the NFL that started the season at all in the first through third um, quarters. He is the highest graded quarterback. In the fourth quarter, he plays when it matters. He plays when it matters. I mean, it hasn't really well, led to wins been for them. In garbage time, yeah, scores, exactly. But... <laughs> it hasn't really led to wins for them, which is kind of the um, the issue because they play so bad in the first three quarters. But regardless, I almost chose this one and then I didn't. Now I'm kind of relieved I didn't because you know I don't like when we have the same upset because then it feels like less of an upset. But anyways, like I said, I picked three right this year. I'm going for my fourth. I'm going to take the Giants over the Dolphins. The Dolphins are four-and-a-half-point favorites, I believe. And they're riding a four-game win streak. They've Their defense has been playing really, really well. 
they just don't excite me. The Dolphins, there's not much. I mean, Jalen Waddell is a pretty good player, but there's just that's the only thing about this team that really excites me. Now you can look at the Giants and say, well, what excites you about them? And yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's kind Correct. of the Correct. yeah, that's kind of the um, the thing there. I just don't expect this to continue for the Dolphins. I think um, all good things must come to an end, and I think the winning streak comes to an end for the Dolphins this week. All right, well, you heard it here first. We're gonna take a short break. We come back. The final word. All this more hot corner on KCU1FM and KCU.FM. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man. Mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man. Oh, man. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. When you hear that, it means one thing. Time for our signature segment and my favorite segment, the final word, where I pick a weird sport slash sports story. Michael, if you were present, would pick a hero of the week, and Logan sends you off in your workday with a nice feel-good story. So without further ado, it's my turn, as always, to go first. And the first, you know, there's been a lot of places we've gone to. Knocked off a lot of check marks on countries. have been to Russia, Great Britain. Numerous, numerous times in the United Kingdom and Great Britain and all that mess over there. Europe a couple times. I just went off to the Middle East as well. But this time we're going back to one of my favorite places in the world. The country of Australia. To the, to the event known as the Scotland Island 500. Now you might ask me, Scotland Island? Does that some relation to the UK? And the answer is no. It's just called Scotland Island. <laughs> okay. So Scotland Island 500 is an annual aquatic dog race held on Christmas Eve in Sydney, Australia. And the first event was held in the year 1973 when the race was between the dogs of two ferry captains. Now the canine contestants paddle across a 500-meter stretch of water between Scotland Island and Church Point in Pittwater. Don't ask me where that is. <laughs> it says Sydney, Australia, so I'm going to say it's around there. And the prize, the prize for the winner is a bowl which is inscribed with the words, quote, outstanding canine aquatic behavior. <laughs> I've, I've talked about a lot of do- some events that have included dogs. One of my favorite stories I ever talked about was the one called Mutiny by Dogs, which is about a de- I did a rod racer whose dogs literally just decided not to run anymore, which is uncharacteristic for those dogs that participate in that race because they actually love to run. Yeah. So they just stopped. The real question is, would those dogs have won the Scotland Island 500. 
I don't know if they would, because would they have stopped mid-race again? Like, that's kind of the big question. <laughs> With these dogs, you never really know. They weren't supposed to stop in the Iditarod race, and they did. I mean, you see, so. you see, there's some events like this I've I've come across. At the, you know, county fairs, you'll sometimes see the dog, like, the jumping into the big pool, and they do, like, tricks or something in the air. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a couple times. I've heard of some dog races. Like, you know, they used to have the uh, Greyhound races, the Greyhound track races back in the day. I have never once heard of the Scotland Island 500, but it's an almost a 50-year-long tradition. So there's a doggy paddle race we can make here, or a um, joke we can make here, like swimming the. That's no. <laughs> it's what they do in the water, though. It is actually what they do in the yes, water. Yes, it if is. Seen a right. dog in the water, but, but at some point in my life, I'm going to go to the Scotland Island 500. We we got a long, long check mark of. Sports or slash events we're going to go see. So add this one. Or to compete in. I mean, or this one we can't compete. We're going to compete in the national dogs, slap contest so I can slap you and Michael. Something I want to do for a very long time. So. <laughs> the um, shin kicking competition that is one, one that I always think of. Uh, the ear pulling. Ear pulling. We've got um. We we, we, got, we got a whole list of things. Worm we're charming. Do. Worm charming. <laughs> we got a lot of training to do for some of these, but we'll we'll figure it out. All right, Michael, hero of the week. Thank you. Logan, go ahead. <laughs> All right. I got a feel-good story this um, this week from a team we talked about earlier, actually, in the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers and their all-pro safety, Derwin James. Um, he was at the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Ana this Thanksgiving, providing Thanksgiving meals to over 175 low-income families. Um, he obviously was a part of the—well, I, sh- I, I shouldn't say obviously, but he was part of the Boys and Girls Club in Florida growing up, um, where he grew up. So he— talked about that and how he wanted to give back to the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Ana and he said I remember just growing up Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday it reminds you of being thankful and just the humbleness and the food bringing people together I feel like Thanksgiving is a holiday that does that so this was something he's actually done for a few years it started with um, his former teammate Casey Hayward who's now on the Las Vegas Raiders um, James joined him with at the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Ana in his rookie season and has continued the tradition even with um with Hayward gone. He took pictures with all the volunteers and guests. Anyone that asked him to take a picture with, he took a picture with them. Um, one of the stories that was um, highlighted in the article said a teenager took a picture with him and said, I was at the Patriots game, but unfortunately you guys lost. And James said, I know, man, that's our bad, but we're trying to get better. <laughs> so just stuff like that, that he um, he was doing with guests. He was you know, having conversations with some of them there and just kind of having a good time. And he says, these families, they're going to remember this forever. And I feel like just you taking 30 minutes or hours out of your day to change someone's life is no, is no big deal. So great story there. The, um, there's two more things I did want to say about that. Another quote, he said, never feel like you're too big or too busy, man. Get out and help people and show people you really care. I feel like that's what we need to do as athletes, especially in our position. So he wanted to give back and he, he didn't. He made a lot of people's um, Thanksgiving memorable. And the last thing I wanted to say was in this article, he was asked about two side dishes that are must-haves for Thanksgiving. I wish Michael was here because we would have had a um, there would have been a fun argument proceeding after also, this one. Also, it is but Santa Anna. Sa- Santa Anna. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry for pronouncing that wrong, but um, he said the two side dishes that are must-haves at his Thanksgiving table. He said mac and cheese is one. And the other one is sweet potato pie. Sweet potato pie is not a side. So he called it a side. He called it a side. Like I said, if Michael was here, if Michael was here, we would have there would be a um, huge debate following. But Derwin James, his voice, his opinion, he calls sweet potato side a side. I'm with you. I think it's a dessert. It's dessert. But I wanted to bring that up because I know we had this discussion a couple weeks ago on the show. So one one, one thing I always love about these stories is when 
when these players get asked the question of why did you lose, and it's every time they like, I don't know, man, we just did. I don't like, I, I, I'm sorry, we lost. Yeah, he spun it positive. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm that's our bad, but we're trying to get better. And I love it that. just that's why that's why that quote was was so funny. Like, it's my my bad. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's our bad. Like, that's our fault. But I mean, hey, you, you gotta roll with the punches. And I think James handled that one like a champ. But yeah, I, and it wasn't like a mean thing either. It was like, unfortunately, you guys lost. Like, like it was just kind of a thing. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Just, I don't know. There's not much else we can say. Yeah. But I, I thought that was great. Like I said, um, Derwin James giving back to the community. Just a, a nice Thanksgiving feel-good story for you. It is. And, and I'll just pull one more thing here before we before we send off. But like yeah, that one quote kind of reminds me of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in airplanes. Like, my dad thinks he don't run fast. Like, well, he doesn't play seven. He doesn't play <laughs> hour-long games on a court. I like to see him run up and down the <laughs> But that's, that's what the quote kind of gave me. Now, granted, it's not the same way he said it, but yeah. it's like those kind of questions are just great. And with that, that is the end of another edition of the Hot Corner. Make sure to follow us on our social media page at Hot Corner Sports. You can follow yours truly at Patrick Aaron, Logan at Living Like Logan, and Michael at Imami Michael. Also, make sure to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and any other podcast services under the name The Hot Corner. We hope you have a wonderful Thursday, and we will see you potentially on Saturday on Championship Weekend. So, until then, it's been Hot Corner, signing off. And she's watching with those eyes. And she's